day to the American League Central on Wednesday, August 17th. I'm Jack McMullen, stationed in the middle of the United States, Indianapolis, Indiana. Javier Reyes not only is stationed on the eastern side of the United States, but he pretends to be a fan and an expert about a team on the other side of the country. And we all know that you can't do that. So Javier Reyes, the host of Locked On Padres, who is pretending to be a Padres fan while living in the tri-state area, joins me now. Let me key in on something here. Mm. Middle of the country, we've got this state called Kentucky. Uh, and it's technically a commonwealth. They do three things really well. Churchill Downs on one day a year. Colonel Sanders had a very solid recipe for breaded chicken. Mm -hmm. And they have this golden elixir that the common folk call bourbon. Mm. And that is what I just poured myself after a 2-1 Iowa Cubs win over the Indianapolis Indians. Is that fair? You know what? It's exceptionally fair, Jack. Right. It's exceptionally fair. And I have to say, first of all, um, it's true. Uh, as, as the great ones all know, you fake it till you make it. I don't mm -hmm. know how people I convinced them that I was a Padres fan. It's wild. I, I've never been to Jack Murphy Stadium. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Is Jack Murphy Stadium still here? No, but still, I, I've still never been there. So it's pretty insulting to Padres fans, right? Yeah. And the other thing, Jack, I got to say, the, my favorite thing about recording this every time. I always look forward to how you intro this <laughs> every, every time. I never know what we're going to get. I, you never have this feeling of, okay, here's how I'm going to start. I don't know what you're going to talk about. You might talk about the, the raid that happened last week and you'll transition yeah. into baseball somehow. Yeah. It's one of my favorite parts about this, even though we cover a division that sometimes isn't the most fun, I think is the, the nice and kind way to say it. Yeah. But even still, uh, I love it, man. Well, you know what? The Royals are getting fun, and we could talk about the raid that happened in South Florida here, but uh, the <laughs> Astros certainly did not raid Dylan Cease. And I'm ready to call Dylan Cease a fraud, much like many may call the guy who was raided in South Florida. Um, Dylan Cease is an ERA merchant. Fair? <laughs> <laughs> He's a merchant of just simply not giving up runs. <laughs> earned runs. Earned runs. Earned runs. Earned um, runs. We're oh, this is good. Team. This is good. You guys. So we had, I know that this past week, or not, not past week, someone posted a stat that Dylan Cease had one game where it was like 10 runs and none of them were like were, <laughs> were attributed to him because there was like three White Sox errors, which is just yeah, I, I, I mean, you're right. He's, a, he's an ERA merchant. It's as simple as that. <laughs> so Dylan season five starts in June had a 0 0.33 ERA because in 27 and a third innings, he allowed 10 runs, but just one was earned. Um, <laughs> ERA merchant, Dylan season. No, I mean, listen, man, like on a serious note, we lead with the best player in the division often. And if you just mm. listen to the AL East, um, you heard just how freaking good Aaron Judge has been this year. Um, the NL East is talking about guys like Frankie Lindor, and they're talking about what's going on in Atlanta right now. By the way, Michael Harris, possible extension, dear Lord. Uh, but the best player in the American League Central right now, yeah, you could argue is Jose Ramirez, but Dylan Cease could very realistically win the Cy Young. And I think as soon as this probable pitching matchup was announced on Tuesday night, um, Cease and Verlander in Chicago – everybody's eyes went to Cease and Verlander in Chicago because we knew that whoever got the better of that matchup is probably in the driver's seat to win the American League Cy Young. 
Um, obviously, I knew what Cease could do because I saw flashes in the pan through his first couple error-ridden seasons with the White Sox. Um, I think you saw it coming, too. Uh, you, in March, I think, uh, made it public that you thought Dylan Cease was going to win the AL Cy Young, and he has put together that kind of year. And full disclosure, I can't give myself a thousand percent credit because I was also a coward and I didn't have a pick for the NL Cy Young. I don't know why. I just didn't pick one. I genuinely was just like, I I, I abstain. Yeah. I don't know why. The only thing I knew was I I liked um, Alex Cobb. Uh, that didn't obviously <laughs> turn out, but it's it, it's all good. With Cease, I think what happened is also, I remember you were talking with Peter and Arm last year about how you would definitely a million times out of a million rather have Dylan Cease ahead of Lucas Giolito going forward. Yeah. And at the time, you're like, everyone's freaking out. It's like Giolito's the no-hitter guy who was great in 2020. He was on Foolish Baseball. Like, he's the guy mm-hmm. more so, right? And yeah. Dylan Cease, though, I just – it feels like – it's like the, there's when there's these teams that have these two primary starting pitchers and then there's that second one who's younger, I'm thinking, say – uh like an Eric Lauer being better than Brandon Woodruff, right? And then yeah, a Dylan yeah, yeah. Cease being better than Lucas Giolito. It feels like it sneaks up on people um, with pitchers like Dylan Cease. And I know that he walks batters. I know that can be annoying. I know he has those games where that drive you a little bit insane. But it just kind of – the White Sox are very good at having these guys that haven't been great for a while. And then all of a sudden they become superstar aces. Yeah. And with Cease, it just felt like – we'd seen what we were going to see out of Giolito. We didn't see the peak of Dylan C. So I said, screw it. No one's talking about him. I'm not Peter Apple picking. Oh, my, my opinion. Uh, hey, Jack, you know, who's going to win the Cy Young this year? Who did he Let say? Let me tell you, who did he it's going to be Garrett Cole. Okay. Oh. He, that's who it's going to be. It's going to be Garrett Cole. He's great. He strikes out batters. It's just what he does. And I, I know what people will say, the contract, and I know they'll bring up the wild card game in which he just got absolutely shelled. But, Jack, I mean, this is still one of the best pitchers in baseball. I got to go with Garrett Cole. Who, who did I say? Did I say Bieber? I think I might have said Bieber. Um, might have said Bieber, yeah. But, like, Bieber has Bieber's been such a you guy to pick, seasoned. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Shane Bieber. But – you know, here's the thing about what, what Cease has done. And I think the Lauer and Woodruff conversation is a good one there. Um, mm. You know, I also think the uh, the Ian Anderson versus Spencer Strider uh, conversation was also mm-hmm. there, too, because these yeah. guys see immense success right away. Like Woodruff, you look at the last couple of years and it's like, oh, he's good. Mm-hmm. And then when he has a couple bad outings to start the year, it's like it's not, oh, he's bad. It's he's a good pitcher that is down tick right now but he will bounce back Mm -hmm. and then it becomes a trend while lauer continues to trend up and a pleasant surprise turns into a legitimately better pitcher than brandon woodruff Mm -hmm. that's what happened with cease and giolito i think giolito had that great 2020 season he threw that no hitter in 2020 um and i think he had a good 2019 season too after being Mm -hmm. one of the worst pitchers in Mm -hmm. baseball in 2018 i think a lot of people said okay here it is like this was the former top pitching prospect in baseball Lucas Giolito is really good now. So then when he regressed back to what he was doing to a certain extent, like he found the middle ground, which is where his career will sit. People were like, oh, this is a great pitcher that is just down ticking right now. And mm-hmm. Cease, is a, it's a pleasant surprise when he doesn't have those five walk outings. And then all of a sudden something clicked for Dylan at some point this year after his first couple of starts. 
And it's like, oh, he knows how to hit the reset button. And mm. I, I remember vividly talking to Michael Fisher at Codify. Um, great, great conversation. I want to have Michael on again very soon. So uh, I plan on hitting him up via email, actually. That reminded me just saying mm. it just now. So I will. Uh, but like I asked Michael Fisher out of context. How good can Dylan C speak? Because usually you try and create this frilly transition from one guy to another. Like, hey, these guys both do one thing well. I couldn't really find one. And I wanted to talk about Cease with him because I knew that he was a client of Codify. And I said, how good can Dylan Cease be? And, you know, it was, I don't want to say like a tight interview, but it was a very like serious, you know, not really joking around interview. And then he started laughing because he was like dude he is comically good and i think that a lot of people saw how comically nasty the stuff was and now we're actually seeing it play four starts since the all-star break 24 innings 24 strikeouts seven walks three earned runs i mean it, it's hard to get better than what we've seen from dylan cease and did he lose the battle against verlander tonight yeah probably top of the seventh right now sees five innings three runs three walks four punch outs and of course verlander has just been stupidly ridiculously awesome um what does he got six innings of one run ball three strikeouts but like the era is at 184 ceases at 209 mm -hmm. verlander will probably win the cy young but the american league and the al cy young award i think runs through dylan cease next year I do too. And I think that there really should be something brought up about like, if you're just a betting person, it's like these guys that hide behind the ace on their team, yeah. right? It's like the, the Woodruff Lauer, like Lauer's just kind of lurking in the background because more people know about Woodruff. I'd say even Rodon to an extent for the Giants is kind of hiding behind Logan Webb's breakout. And then you don't realize that those guys were actually secretly pretty good last year, too. Dylan Cease was good last year. I know he had the walk thing, but yeah. Dylan Cease, I think, was like in top five in strikeout percentage last year or something at least really high up there. Yeah, no, case so, per nine. I think he was third in case per nine. He was awesome. And I think that's what happens is they kind of they lurk behind the guys. You know what I mean? And I think that that's really cool. So, for example, next year, I would predict Logan Gilbert will be awesome for the Mariners and be their best pitcher. That would be like my hot, spicy take. I'm going to go out and say he'll be the best pitcher in that rotation next year because everyone's going to be focused on Ray and Castillo. And I think we know what those guys are, um, especially. Not to this your boy. I know you're a big Robbie Ray fan. Um, uh, I was just watching his sweet-ass pitch in Anaheim uh, earlier this, right before uh, I right before we hit the record button. <laughs> I had Robbie Ray's tight pants on my screen, front and center. And I made sure to get especially close to the TV. Target <laughs> 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 truck. <laughs> oh man love that juicy boy but yeah man I mean, it's it's dylan cease and the tim anderson home run the day after the donaldson fiasco is probably the two highlights of the chicago white Sox season which is kind of sad in a lot of ways but it's better than nothing okay now let me tell you this entering play on tuesday the white Sox over the last 30 games were tied for the best record in the american league at 19 and 11 over their last 30 the White Sox and the Baltimore Orioles had won 19 of their last 30 games. Meanwhile, the Yankees have lost, I think I saw this right from my guy Codify, uh, five straight series for the first time since 2005. Oh, barf. But hey, man, the White Sox are playing a lot better baseball right now. Certainly they have their flaws, uh, but they are tied with Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Them and the Twins are both two games back of Cleveland.
Mm-hmm. What Cleveland is able to run out, and they just ran Xavier Curry out for his major league debut uh, okay. on Monday. I love Xavier Curry. Aram loves Curry. Uh, I know a lot of other people that love Curry. Four pitches for strikes. Everything is tight. He's a really good athlete. Um, if Curry can stick or if Peyton Battenfield can stick and it can be Bieber and McKenzie fronting it with uh, a better than expected Zach Plesak and one of those guys as the four, I, I think Cleveland can hang around. If this does turn into a one-bid division, um, I think the White Sox and the Guardians are, are my two favorites right now. I think Minnesota has lost some juice. Mm. Mm. It's funny because we almost felt like that it had been a wrap because they had such a good deadline. But like Jorge Lopez seems to be this year's Kendall Graveman, where Terrible. everyone was pissed. Everyone was pissed that he got traded. I said, Depoto, what are you doing? And they're riding. And then Graveman has like a bad second half. And then Jorge Lopez kind of falling apart every now, every now and then, Jack. These guys know what they're doing. I know we like to the crap on when teams give up their players, but every now and then they might know what's going on. So if if uh, Jorge Lopez is this year's Kendall Graveman, can we say that Josh Hader is this year's Craig Kimbrell? That was rude. <laughs> that <laughs> there was we rude. go. That was Long rude. division, sorry. <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> hey, real quick, like Detroit, shout out Kerry Carpenter, first big league homer on Monday, mm. uh, doubles back with another big league homer on Tuesday. Um, I do want to talk about the Royals for a moment. And I know that we hit on do them it. Do very it. briefly last week, but like the Royals are fun. And I listened to Dennis Eckersley's parade on the Pittsburgh Pirates <laughs> on Nesson. And he mentioned the Kansas City Royals. I'm going to bring this up because it was hilarious. And I think Dennis Eckersley is an asshole for it because a lot of those <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates are Indianapolis Indians of this year. He did it while Bly Madris was hitting. Great dude. Like, yeah. pretty solid baseball player. Struggling right now. But when he first got up, he was fine. Like, mm-hmm. Bly Madris can be a Major League Baseball player. But Eckersley decided to call it a hodgepodge of nothingness, which is my second favorite term, only behind... Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it was Jeff Van Gundy calling the Detroit Pistons stuck in the quagmire of mediocrity, which is so funny. <laughs> that is really so good. funny. Yeah, so <laughs> quagmire of mediocrity and hodgepodge of nothingness are my two favorite terms now. Um, but like what, what he mentioned was the Red Sox were in Kansas City before this and the Reds or, and the uh, and the Royals and Pirates rosters could not look more different because they are young low payroll, but the Royals roster is really exciting. And they're running out mm-hmm. lineups with Melendez, Witt, Prado, Pasquantino, Isbell, Massey. That's six guys that I just mentioned that are filling spots as rookies. Mm-hmm. And they're fun rookies. And they obviously really like each other. And they're injecting life into the staff. And they're injecting life into Brady Singer, who looks great. The Royals have something positive going on. They've won six of the last ten. They're not finishing last in this division. No. And heading into the season, they didn't they weren't making any big additions. I mean, the big addition is Bobby Witt Jr. getting called up, but in terms of signing is whatnot, I it's it's you love a good bad, right? You love a good bad. I I adore many good bad movies. Face off is probably the all-timer, right? Example, Armageddon is up there. Yeah. I watch it every time it's on cable. And hey. Football, for example, we bring up the fun, entertainingly bad teams, the Minnesota Vikings last year. Kansas City Royals are that team. And Brady Singer finally 
Finally, I mean, you can go and gush about Brady Singer. Finally, they seem to have a guy in that pitching staff that they can be excited about. He's had some double-digit strikeout games. I know that the White Sox, uh, I'm looking right now, they hit him for 11 hits. But even still, it's just really refreshing because I cannot remember the last time that the Royals had a good starting pitcher that you felt good about, maybe since Johnny Cueto in the World Series run, or maybe even James Shields. Like I can't really remember anyone. You were Dono Ventura. Yeah. Oh, yes. Our rest in power. I forgot rest about up, that. King. Yeah. You're Dono Ventura. I mean, he just went six innings of one hit ball against the Dodgers in New York on July 28th, right after the All-Star break. He goes seven innings of one hit ball and strikes out 10 Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Singer mm-hmm. is showing up for the big dogs and he, he had back to back starts against the White Sox. You mentioned first time 11 hits, four runs in six innings in Chicago. But then the White Sox go to Kansas City. And he goes seven and a third of one run ball. He throws into the eighth and he's only allowed one run. Singer has flipped the script on his career, not just his season on his career, because we were talking mm-hmm. about this guy as yeah. a possible bullpen move, or he will never be the guy that we expected him to be. And here he is turning into a guy that has earned himself another year audition in the starting rotation. And he'll have a year as the one next year. It's not an ace. He's a one for the worst pitching staff in baseball. And that's totally okay. Um, Can we admit that Apocalypse Now is a bad movie? I still haven't seen it. So I can't yet. I can't yet. It's horrible. (laughs) You got to be careful though, when you say takes like this. And the reason I say that is because I remember both you and, and Clay Snowden, also great guy of just baseball. You guys brought up this take, but almost didn't at least acknowledge that that's not the conventional wisdom. Most people like like people come out there and say these takes about movies sometimes and then they don't they're like yeah i think it's a really bad movie and they like don't understand they don't understand the gravity of the statement if you really don't like it I, that's fine it's not an opinion on that but you gotta understand man like apocalypse now is a extremely highly regarded movie from one of the the directing goats dare i say dare i say so i'm just saying you gotta be you gotta be a little bit careful just like we've been praising the royals and whatnot. In fairness, they have all the ingredients, at least some exciting ingredients right now. You know, their young Charlie Sheen, I guess you could say, is Bobby oh, Witt. They've got and MJ we just Melendez. don't want them to fall off the deep end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't yeah. want them to fall off the deep end. And also, this is still the Royals. We have to see what they do with the pieces and whether or not they're actually going to go out, make some smart trades, maybe develop some better talent, maybe sign a couple guys, whatever. We'll have to see. But uh, again, you got to be careful, man. Francis Ford Coppola. Just that, that, that guy's his top movies, man. That's it's, it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty good. I think is the way to put it. Okay. So 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and 94% audience score. Um, the movie that grades similarly taxi driver, which is an incredible flick, 96%, mm-hmm. 93% mm-hmm. fan vote. Let me just say fight club, maybe my favorite movie of all time, mm. 96% audience score. 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. Bullshit. First of all, you can't trust Rotten Tomatoes because Rotten Tomatoes is graded weirdly. Because you could just give something a three and that counts as fresh. Metacritic's better for that. But also, I think Fight Club, the interesting about thing about that is at the time, it's a hard movie to understand. It's still kind of hard to understand, to be honest with you. But it's because there's just a lot of... It's satirical in a lot of ways. I think there's some mismessages about that movie, but also... It was marketed as like a tough guy brawler 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's part of, I think there was just this weird loss in translation thing that happened with Fight Club. And nowadays yeah. it's considered like one of the great cult classics because the Blu-ray or the DVD when it came out, I should say, just it's absolutely so banged. Good, dude. It is yeah. so good. All right. I, mean, I, love, I love me some Brad Pitt. What's the thing that's going to change my life that you discovered this week? I didn't discover it this week, but I'm going to recommend it anyway, um, because this will make Clay Snowden happy. Okay. He loves making fun of me for my love for anime. He loves bringing it up. He just loves it. I highly recommend to everybody. There's some that you, when, you, when you get into the genre, there, it's not just the all the cliches, right? There's actually a lot of different styles of things. You can get the action and superhero stuff. You get the romance stuff if you want. You can get detective mystery stuff. Then you get something like Samurai Shampoo, which is a hip hop inspired samurai show. And the music kicks ass. It's by a fellow named Nujabis, who unfortunately passed away at a young age. He basically created the lo-fi hip hop genre, essentially. Oh, my God. That's my jam. Oh, yeah. It is a show about a very lot of things, similar to the director's previous work, Cowboy Bebop, one of my favorite shows ever. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite as good, but it is a, it is a show that loves that its audience can take away whatever it wants from it. You're allowed to watch it and say, wow, that was sick the way you took down eight samurais at once. Yeah. Wow, that music kicks ass. Wow, the main character is a piece of shit and okay. detrimentally horny. But like, that's just what it means to have a character sometimes. Yeah, and then it. also it can be about how little we realize that the circumstances of one's birth basically determines everything. There's yeah. so much about this show that's there. And if you're even if you're not sold yet, first of all, just watch the first episode. I feel like I've already sold a lot of people on this. Also, you can watch the English. That's another key here. The English dub is significantly better than the Japanese one, which is rare. I think in most cases, yeah, the Japanese is, is better. That's what happens. Um, the main guy's voice is just, just listen, his name's Jason Bloom. He's, he's a goat. But the other thing, if you don't like that, you're listening to a baseball podcast. I got you. I wrote about this for just baseball. It's called Baseball Blues, an episode for Shamrock Shampoo, where the main characters discover baseball by the weird, very stereotypically arrogant, and disgusting Americans that arrive in Japan to play against the main characters in a game of baseball. It is hilariously funny, very mocking of American culture, and it's just ridiculous. And what's funny is it actually is the last episode before the three-part finale and whatnot, uh, where it gets super serious, right? And then they give you a, a baseball episode to mess around. Not very long, 26 episodes in total. You can knock it out like that. Thank me later. Uh, I shall absolutely look into it. Um, my thing real quick, comedian, Don Rickles, uh, Don mm. Rickles, uh, decades prior, uh, I sit in the booth pregame and, uh, I'm watching, I'm showing my, uh, my broadcast partner, Howard Kelvin, you're 46 is the voice of the Indians. Uh, I'm showing him Stephen Wright, who is one of my favorite comedians of all time. He is a tall guy, bald up top. He's got frizzy red hair on the sides mm. and he deadpan just delivers one-liners left and right. Stephen Wright, I think, is the king of the one-liner. Um, and he says, you got to check out a guy named Don Rickles. It's like, okay. And he said, pull up some of his appearances on Johnny Carson. And this dude is hilarious. Mm. He is bodying people left and right. So mm. Don Rickles, give him a look. Uh, and if you haven't seen any Stephen Wright, give Stephen Wright a look. That is that, American League Central, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, we'll talk about the West tomorrow. Thanks, guys.